is Alex Pearson. Alex Pearson with you on this Wednesday, February 15th, and a good morning to you. It is Budget Day. Budget Day at City Hall. Maybe it's John Tory's last day. Maybe not. Because uh, we're into the willy or won't he, not willy, we're not talking about his willy. We are into the willy or won't he resign phase of the scandal. And obviously the polling well underway as to whether or not uh, you all think that John Tory should stay or go. You know, so far, results pretty even. It's a draw, which if you're doing the polling, it's not the uh, results you want. Not if you're in the camp trying to convince John Tory to stay because it's just not convincing enough. I have a very hard time thinking that John Tory is going to walk back his resignation. I mean, he does dither, but he seemed pretty decisive uh, on a ch- you know, for a change on Friday night in making his announcement. So um, I think it would be hard for him to walk this back. But he will be walking into that council chamber for the first time since Friday's announcement. It'll happen any minute now, which I got to think is a, a bit of a walk of a shame, right? But this $16.5 billion budget is John Tory's budget, and it will be his last order of business. And uh, it's a budget full of a lot of unknowns and no real answers on how any of this will be made whole. Because, assuming he does resign, uh, Tory's not going to be there to answer for it. So one of the big arguments will be, you know, if the feds in the province don't bail us out of this billion and a half dollar hole, where's the money coming from? And Tory ran on being the guy who could work with Ford and Trudeau and get those kinds of things. If he's gone, where's that money coming from? Chances are it's coming from us, right? So we will be um, tuning into City Hall quite a bit to try and check on uh, the mood and see what happens and try to get some of those answers. Because I think today will be a very fruitful day at City Hall. Or it'll be a really boring day, and this thing will go on for weeks. But nonetheless, we'll, we'll uh, try to get those answers. But I want to start on a pretty basic question as to why we even bother to have rules and laws at all anymore if there is no punishment when they are broken. And certainly when it comes to the issue of ethics and what is uh, becoming an entirely predictable issue for the Trudeau liberals with yet another liberal MP caught crossing the line, trying to use his influence. That guy would be Greg Ferguson. He's the uh, parliamentary secretary of the prime minister. And he's had his knuckles wrapped by the ethics commissioner because he breached the Conflict of Interest Act, writing a letter to the regulator of broadcasters, so the CRTC. And he wrote a little letter in support of a particular television uh, channel's application. And it just so happens it's in Quebec. But he just thought he'd write a little letter in support of having the little TV station get mandatory carriage. Ferguson is not new to politics. And unless unless he's a complete moron, which could be a case, um, he very well knows that he cannot lobby or use his influence to get a TV station a license. You can't. Do that. Period. End of discussion. And yet, he's just the latest liberal to get caught crossing the line. We just finished talking about Mary Ng, who just got blasted for helping her good friend get a $22,000 contract because uh, apparently she too is clueless to the fact that MPs can't help friends in high places get money. 
and her reaction is just priceless, if, obnox- if not obnoxious, but very, very predictable. I mean, she apologized, she'll do better, but she has no plans to pay it back. Oh, no, 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 no. She, she, you're just going to understand, Canadians, that she knows she's going to learn from this, right? You understand that. She's going to learn. She's been in politics for years, but now she's going to learn how to be ethical. And all we get are apologies and groveling, and I'll, I'll do better next time. But, it, but it's meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. And for whatever reason, it flies. I mean, once upon a time, before this government, an ethics violation would be followed by a resignation. It was a fireable offense. Yet not with this government. Ethics violations are an epidemic. They just happen. They happen so, so much, they've been completely normalized. But it's such a big issue that finally the ethics commissioner, who is a liberal himself, he was appointed by the Trudeau government. After this latest one with Ferguson, he has told the prime minister, your MPs need more ethics training. I mean, how embarrassing to have to tell the guy that appointed you, your MPs need more ethics training. Seven years into their job, you need more ethics training? I guess that would go for the boss, too, because Trudeau himself, who clearly leads by example, has had multiple ethics violations. Remember his little Aga Khan trip? Remember his little SNC dalliance? And, I mean, he got spared for his involvement in we, but you get the point, right? The whole government is ethically challenged, and it starts at the top. And so, you know, if Trudeau doesn't get fired for it, How do you fire Bill Morneau, who also had an ethics violation? How do you fire Mary Ng? How do you fire Greg Ferguson? How do you fire all of them? There's so many ethics violations in this government, it's actually hard to keep up. I think we're at 10 now. It's almost easier to ask the question, who hasn't violated their ethics? Because that's how many are. And it just does not fly. I'm sorry. Seven years in government, and many of these people have been in government and political circles for a lot longer than that. You're telling me you do not understand ethics and the lines and what not to cross? Because what they do when you're in politics, whether it's municipal, provincial, or federal, is they give you a field trip. They take you around. They give you an orientation. And they explain this stuff to you before you start the job. Here are the rules. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here are books. Here are instructions. Here are all of the rules laid out for you to read. And then, of course, they've all got staff. So when Greg Ferguson's penning his little letter of influence, like, is there no one around there to be a a voice of, you know, basic smarts? Uh, Boss, you can't really do that? I'm sorry, it doesn't fly. They all, certainly at this point, should know. I know what I can and can't do on this mic. I didn't have to have anyone tell me. It's common sense. But now it's happened so many times that I guess we just, you know, we settle with, well, you'll get more retraining and I'll do better next time. You wonder where the accountability has gone. It's because every time one of these fireable offenses is given a pass, it normalizes the bad behavior. So when you look at a guy like John Tory, you think, well, Why should he get fired? At least it was, might have been unethical or immoral, I don't know, but 
you know, who did he hurt? His wife, whatever. But why does he lose his job? But none of these MPs do. You know, if you can write a little letter of influence to your friends to help them, what else are you doing that we don't know about? That's the kind of thing you have to wonder. What else is going on behind those closed doors? But it starts at the top. And if the boss is unethical, then I guess the rest say, well, if he can do it, I can do it. We'll all do it. But then you start to see the breakdown. And time over time, it just becomes normal. And so what was a fireable offense, eh, met with a shrug. Which I think people have to understand, today it's the Trudeau government, maybe tomorrow it'll be Pierre Polyevra. And the bar is now set so low that if they violate ethics, so what? Oh well, it's how we do business, I guess. But this is why we don't have accountability. Is because... Ethics is just a, unethical ethics is just an accepted thing. And frankly, it shouldn't be. Alex Pearson, weekdays at 9. We are 640 Toronto. crazy one. I should just let that music let you drive. It'll bring your nerves all center of balance. All righty. It's going to be a busy day. We're going to take you to City Hall because it is budget day, a $16.2 billion budget, but that is not going to be the focus, I would think, uh, for a lot of people who are wondering what will John Tory do. It's the first time he's walked into these council chambers since uh, Friday's resignation, not quite yet a resignation. And uh, that's a pretty tough walk for him to make. Our Jason Chapman, executive producer here over at 640 Toronto, is at City Hall. And um, give me a bit of a sense of what uh, what the mood is down there. Because normally the, the mayor would walk in, tables, you know, he'd be the boss of the room. What's, uh, what's the mood like? Yeah, so this is just getting underway right now, Alex. And uh, Francis Benziata, the Speaker of City Council, is going through procedural items right now. And I'll be honest, it's actually been very business as usual. I mean, it's been as boring as boring as it normally is. Yeah. Um, Mayor Tory, I will say, is just stepping up to the podium right now. Um, It sounds like there's a councillor, maybe Shelley Carroll, like moving some sort of amendment. Oh no, somebody, sorry. Somebody from the gallery is actually interrupting the meeting right now, but it looks like we're about to hear Mayor Tory speak at the podium. So if we can, guys, let's please try and take that. But let me, I'll let you listen to this little bit of color right now. It sounds like somebody was asking wow. for an accommodation, accessibility if anyone wants to know accommodation. Like reporting at City Hall. Oh, it's <laughs> such... That's what it's normally like covering City Hall. It's like the torture yeah. assignment. So Having somebody said uh, that. quite upset that they don't have an accessible seat or a seat. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but if we can sort of get ready to take the mayor live here, guys, he has stepped up to the podium and will address the chamber. A very awkward moment right now, but. Somebody really upset they don't have a seat. Security is starting to come around here right now. Is, is the gallery packed more so oh, it's than packed. it would be? It, everybody, every staff member here has said uh, they haven't seen it like this since before the pandemic. Um, Councillor wow, Matt Lowe right really now angry. trying to calm the situation down. Is, this, his, a, is uh, this a person like off the street? Uh, uh, this is a member who's, yeah, it's a citizen. Citizen. Come on, I'm in. Right. So... Um, can you, yeah. John Tory is probably it's very okay, happy yeah. about this. It distracts from him. You can move anything you want down there. Sorry. Uh, just I've got a camera uh, tripod setting up next to me. You move whatever you need. So, I mean, Councillor 
Matt Lowe turned and talked. So it looks like security is going to have to restrain this person now. This person's now starting to fight back with security. And it's maybe not that's, good. Maybe so, that's the story maker. I mean, the mayor, my goodness, the mayor standing at his podium, this woman here. Just take a listen here again. You can hear Mayor Tory ask for a chair to be rolled out. This woman not going to be appeased by, I don't think, anything at this point. Security's backed off. Uh, first words we hear from Mayor Tory and council chambers is, can somebody just get a chair? I know, but you know what? This this kind of dysfunction, uh, what, and this one is an outburst from the public, this kind of dysfunction happens all the time, which if people wonder, like, how are we getting stuff done? This is kind of stuff that happens all the time. Usually yeah, it's politicians a, bickering among each other, but... May, I mean, this is... I'm not sure actually how... Oh, a chair's coming over at Councillor Pasternak and Councillor Matlow right now bringing a chair over, I think, maybe. Past, Councillor Pasternak asking the woman to come and sit in the chair so we're getting a full play by play of the chair yeah this is the chair we had the elevator and now we have the chair um more exciting when rob ford was there at least he bowled people over well that's ham mcconnell's legacy isn't it um what's your feeling though as far as like josh matlow and that what's your feeling the The woman is now yelling at security again for putting their hands on her you know uh, sorry, I missed your question. What was your question, Alex? <laughs> yeah, my question is, <laughs> what was your sense from Josh, Josh Matlow and some of the conversations as to, is, is today going to pass through? Well, uh, uh, Councillor Matlow was uh, basically talking about, you know, making sure today's about the budget, not about Mayor Tory. Oh, all right. The woman, by the way, just so we know, now right up in security's face. Well, just tell her to shut walking up. Walking to At her chair. Point, shut up. She's walking to her like, chair. Okay, here well, we go. Well. Walking to her chair. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Councillor... Someone just has to take a stand. Can we please... My goodness. Uh, yeah, this was unexpected. Uh, the woman is a black woman. She's visibly upset, no doubt about it. You can hear it. Again, Mayor Tory still standing at the uh, head of council. Uh, the woman has sat down in her seat. She has taken her seat. Is her All issue right, with John see. Tory or just issues in general? Just this is just an upset. I think somebody <laughs> asked for an accommodation. It wasn't right. given. Yeah. Anyways, here's Mayor Tory. If uh, we can switch over to, well, we'll see once it starts. Okay. Now this woman may not be quiet. She has her chair and is continuing to uh-huh. yell. And you could just heard the, you heard the chamber sort of groan. Yeah. Well, uh, some, at some point, you know what? You can't be accommodating to everybody. Security now talking to this person. I mean, you know, Mayor Tory is ready to speak. So if, you know, I'm just going to a little background. If Mayor Tory starts speaking, we'll just take him live. We'll stay on Mayor Tory as long as he speaks, go through news if we have to. Um, but obviously, you know, this situation has to be dealt with. Nobody can pay attention right now to what's happening uh, with the mayor. Oh, uh, Mayor Tory is saying perhaps he's going to proceed regardless. So <laughs> okay, if we can dip into his audio when he takes guys. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, remarkable, Alex. But this is, I mean, you know, you were asking what was it like before. It was very matter of business. Nobody really knows what to do in a situation like this, right? This is actually what it's like when you're on the bus or a streetcar or the subway and somebody just starts to lose it. That's what I feel like right now. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the TTC. <laughs> well, there you go. I, by the way, which was packed this morning. Haven't seen the subway. Okay, here goes the mayor. Let's, we need to... Oh. She's apologizing and saying okay. the mayor doesn't get if to you're speak sorry, now. Be quiet. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, this is remarkable to watch unfold because now, I mean, security has basically been told, don't touch this woman. Um, this woman said she wanted a chair. She got a chair. Um, that does not seem to appease 
So you can hear Councillor Nunziata right now saying we've accommodated you. You're continuing to disrupt. And I'm sure you heard that. Mm-hmm. Councillor Nunziata asking, that's the chair of council, saying we'll have to ask this woman to leave. So interesting to watch this. I'm not sure security starting to sort of walk towards right now again. Um, i got to be honest. I find this it infuriating because it's like, oh, here five we go. Five-minute recess. It's just been a five-minute recess has been called. We'll stay here, obviously, with this. And security is now... Uh, trying to remove the woman from council chamber. So, so breaking you, news, irate woman in the minute. who was yeah. accommodated and still irate. So there are two, yeah, I'll just, I'll just sort of walk you through this right now. We're in a recess <laughs> of council, uh, and uh, we're watching two security guards sort of around this woman. Um, she um, is, I'm not sure what she's exactly talking about right now, but they've taken her hands off of her right now. The security guards here, listen, there are a lot of extra security guards here, Alex. When I got here early this morning, a um, uh, number of people told me that they don't usually work at the downtown, you know, where we are here downtown at City Council or City Hall. They're at different city buildings, but there are, I'm trying to get a guess of how many security guards here, maybe 30. And, on, uh, I, I don't see any you. police officers. I don't see any uniformed police well, officers, sure except, you know, John Burnside's a former police officer, perhaps. Um, uh, but no, there, I don't see a single uniformed police officer in council chamber right now. Uh, any other people down there, like Mamalidi oh. or anybody dropping in? Do you hear this right now? Okay, so they're asking us all to leave the chamber for security. Uh, we're not going to go anywhere. I'm going to tell you that uh, right now. Albert, are we going to go anywhere? I don't, I don't think we're going to go anywhere. So, I mean, we're just going to stay live on this because we've got to watch what happens here. I mean, this is our job. And I would just say, Alex, is, I don't know how the listeners feel about this right now. I'm sure Awkward. they're just saying, no wonder the city of Toronto is in the state it is. This is ridiculous, yeah. frankly. Yeah. I think it uh, is a bit of foreshadowing as to what uh, kind of mucky muck we're going to get uh, today. So let me um, let you deal with that dysfunction. Okay, um, we're also we'll check in on the other side, and I, I would say we're going to hear from the mayor shortly after we resume here, and we'll hear from him, and well, I'm no. not sure. I'll, I'll keep eyes on and see what happens with this woman in the gallery. What a start. Oh, my goodness. All Everybody right. leaving council chambers now. Take her out. Uh, that's Jason Chapman, who is our executive producer. We weren't actually expecting that, but uh, welcome to Toronto City Hall. Where, where That, to me, is common sense. Get her out. Uh, you know, you've been accommodated, but now you're interrupting what was supposed to start half an hour ago. And um, that kind of nonsense goes on all the time, which is why it takes a long time to get stuff done. But that's just nonsense. You've had your say. You got your chair. If you're not going to behave, you got to go. Alex Pearson. Weekdays at 9. We are 640 Toronto. All Welcome to the crazy train. Oh, yeah, that's the kind of day I think it's going to be at City Hall. As a woman, maybe she, maybe she's a spurned lover. I don't know who she is. Maybe she's upset with John Tory. But uh, we're watching uh, events kind of unfold because it's the first time Mayor John Tory has been back to City Council. He'll be dropping his budget, $16.2 billion budget, which apparently will be his final act of business. We can't get down to business because uh, a woman has decided that she does not want to leave the council chambers. And so, as you heard in the uh, last hit at City Hall, we've been uh, listening to the rantings and ravings of someone who 
clearly wants to be part of what happens today and then um, freaked out because she didn't have a chair. She got the chair and she's still freaking out. And I think she's still there. So they had to clear chambers. And um, and I guess we're in a bit of a holding pattern on a day that uh, we just need to get stuff done. Because I want to get off this crazy train. And I'm sure you do too. Let me go back to uh, Jason Chapman, who is our executive producer, who decided that he would spend the day at city council. Um which on its best days is, is a is a torture chamber. But having said that, all right, Jason, what is, is this woman still there? Is she, she going to disrupt the whole day? Well, she's still sitting in here. Here's what's interesting. We, we're being told we have to leave council chambers, but the woman is still sitting in the chair. And I, listen, in the era that we're in right now, Ed Keenan from the Toronto Star is next to me, and he's being told by security that we have to leave, but I, we yeah, want to have eyes on yeah. what happens right. here. Like, we... I, I'm happy to leave afterwards. They're going to do a security sweep of council chambers. Well, that's ridiculous. But I think until we see the resolution to this, whether she's allowed to stay or leaves on her own, I'm, I'm not going to leave no eyes on this. So, Well, here's yeah. the thing though, about council chambers is because they'll do this and they make every time the councillors go, they make everybody clear out, which is why I think it takes a lot of time to get because you have to go out. You got to come back in. You got to get like they do these security sweeps. So if we're doing this like all day, we're not going to get anything done. But the point is, is we'll leave with the security sweep after, we, we can't think about it. If something happens and media's not here to see, what does that look like? We, we trust the news release? Sir? Yeah, we, I understand the job. We're happy to do our leave. job. And yeah. I'm sure right. Stratcom and, but has so provided we. you yeah. the, uh, the protocol and procedure of the chambers it, where they provided with the chambers. I, I know, but there's no like eyes in here. Yeah. For You're just listening to so, yeah. Jason Chapman so, dealing with security at City Hall. and Along with some other reporters and, yeah, like... I, I, absolutely. Once we see what the resolution is, but think about it. If we're, the city, we're trying to, we're trying to do our job, right? We're trying to communicate with the person. That, yeah, yeah. Can you please let us meet, do our job. Please, please you will be you. Yeah. Pardon? Respectfully, we're not interfering with that. No, we we You've need to for us to be there. able to to negotiate with this with the individual sure. there in crisis. Whatever is happening, sure. I don't know, but. For us to be able to do our job, we need to be able to clear the chamber as directed by the speaker you've heard earlier. There you go. This is live radio of a, of, of a dysfunctional city hall that can't uh, clear its council chambers because now they're going into negotiations with somebody who won't leave council chambers. For I don't even know if you're in city council chambers, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a very dysfunctional day. What's going on? There we go. Hey, Alex. All right. Here we've got Chad. Sorry about that. Your life's a gong show. My life's a gong show. Okay. So what is actually yep. happening there? All right. So Mayor Torres took to the podium for about three seconds. He was booed as he was taking his first words or as he was walking to the microphone. By who? He got out two words, a uh, number of people in council, uh, people who are for the homeless, who are advocating for all the homeless, Alex. That, that's what they started to chance, you know, supports for the homeless. Um, there was a whole other contingent on the other side of council that also started to chant. Everybody in this chamber was warned sternly, clearly, if there's any more interruptions, the chamber would be cleared. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we'll be allowed to come back in here. Um, and so media? right now, slowly, I'm not sure. We have to be told that. The speaker last time told us to leave. The speaker hasn't made mention of that at this point. Um, I'm just sort of watching councillors are, for the most part, just I mean, it's one thing if the elected officials are doing chamber. this because yeah. of accountability, but, I mean, if, if those who have gone there to protest and interrupt, I mean, at some point you got to say, look, we got city business to do. Here. You can together. hear some, yeah. yeah, you can hear some of the chanting here, Alex. Okay, 
homeless already. So it's the homeless. Um, I'm just gonna, I just wandered down to actually to the council floor here, Alex. It is um, incredible to sort of watch this. Slowly but surely, people are making their way out of chambers here. Um, Councillor Matlow. Councillor Matlow. If you're able to pop over, or no, maybe Councillor Matlow is just watching right now. So, did did, did the how did did Francis Nunziata actually tell um, those in the public uh, gallery to use their jazz hands? Huh. Did, is uh, that like a thing? That's what we like, do here, though. Now, yes, that is exactly. I mean, that's the way that you're supposed to, you know, make your voice known in this Since chamber. It's been for years. That it's been for years. Jazz Since hands. Era, uh, oh. That's that's what has been asked. Is yeah. I don't. I yes, we jazz hands would have been, but then we wouldn't have. But at least then the meeting would be able to proceed. At this point, this is the second time this meeting has been shut down, Alex. Yeah. And I have no idea when it. Councillor Nunziata has said a 15-minute recess, but we'll see when it moves beyond that point. When so we initially no talked about you going down to City Hall to cover this, our concern or, or our, our plan was, okay, this could go to midnight, maybe we get a, a vote on the budget. But at this point, it's, right. I don't even think That's it's right. going to happen today, uh, well, getting I, through it. I don't know either. I think at this point, yes, it will, because the, the next time uh, members of the table, public won't but, be allowed yeah. to come back into the chamber, and at that point, there won't be interruptions. There'll be a lot of stuff going on outside of this in Nathan Phillips Square. So yeah. anyways, yeah. I... Um, yeah, no, there's still a number of people who aren't leaving right now. I can try. I don't know how much time we have here. I can wander over to where Yeah, no, we're, we're going to head into the news, but I think okay. you've painted a, a good picture for us. So we're going to keep an eye on that. If you get kicked out, uh, let us know. But we'll uh, do. keep an eye on the yeah, gong show that is now interrupted the city budget. That is a Jason Chapman for us at City Hall. But you, you can see some of the stuff that's going on. We were supposed to have this uh, budget tabled at 930. It's now almost 11. And um, we've had nothing but disruption. Everyone's got their own thing to do in their activism. Fine. Uh, but at this point, it, that, that is just the clown show of, of City Hall. Alex Pearson. Weekdays at 9. We are 640 Toronto. back to City Hall where Jason Chapman uh, is updating us on now what has turned into a standoff. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Jason, uh, what is happening now and what is the um, situation with the tabling of this budget? Have they lost control? Okay, Alex, thanks for coming to me right now as we speak. Yeah, a number of security guards and now there are for the first time Toronto police officers in the chamber here. So there was about 20 people that stuck around in chambers until right now and right now the security entourage have started to move in and talk to these people. One person, I believe, has been handcuffed and removed here. And so somebody, somebody is saying, I'm refusing to leave. I'm just going to let you listen to this a little bit. They're asking people if they're refusing to leave. If they say yes, then they're being escorted out by security. This all just started to play out a couple of minutes ago right now, Alex. I'll let you listen to this because this is where somebody's going to be picked up here, resisting uh, the removal from council chambers. So this is happening right now. We've got two security guards. Toronto police officers are... S- just take a listen. Here we go. Don't, don't fight. Just, just please. Yeah, please we, don't we don't, we don't want to. You can hear the please just saying, please just let the security officers remove these people from the council chamber. Um, the first person who left did sort of walk along with the security guards. There's a woman who's being escorted right now with um, 
uh, security uh, who's not getting up and walking. So I, I, you can hear city staff, and there are one, two, three, four Toronto police officers, uh, uniformed officers in the council chamber right now. They are not involved with this at this point, Alex. These are the security officers hired today to... Here, just take a listen here. There's, yeah, go ahead, Alex, just please. Let me, who's driving this? Who, who's fronting this and, uh, and encouraging it? Well, we saw Desmond Cole in the council chamber. Um, this is a group of people who are staunchly against giving officers extra money. And so John Burnside is a city councillor, TTC chair, also a former city councillor. When he stepped onto the floor here, they booed loudly. So clearly this is a group of people who are upset. Toronto Police will get a increase in funding here. That is clearly their purpose here. Um, they, they're booing everything, but quite yeah. clearly this is about police funding. Just take a listen to this a little bit here, Alex. Please stop hurting me. Please stop harming me. Please stop harming me. I mean, the sergeant at arms is yeah. right in the middle of this, very calm. You get a lot of dramatics with this, and, and we're going we're gonna to come back to you in a few minutes. But I mean, there's a lot of dramatics here where people don't hurt me, don't yeah. harm me. Uh, again, a lot yeah. of it's games on, on, on uh, the activism side. However, it is a, a major disruption uh, for, for what it, is a it pretty It certainly important. is. I mean, I can't imagine when uh, this would resume. But, um, I mean, you can see. So one woman being dragged, uh, carried out right now. There are three officers, three um, security guards carrying this uh, last two people out of the chamber. So we've got one of those women carried to the elevator that leads out of council chamber. Uh, one last person here, I would say, or maybe there's two here, somebody filming. So Sergeant at Arms is asking the last two remaining demonstrators to clear the chamber, or uh, three. So yeah. What a mess. So you can hear, I mean, people now, yeah, the last person in council chamber being carried out. So there were, I believe, three or four carried out of council chamber, all by security. Uh, Toronto police officers uh, watching, just very calm, advising the security how to sort of deal with the situation. Sergeant at Arms uh, is carrying the last demonstrator out here, I believe. You can hear the quiet in here mm -hmm. now. So again, about 20 people stayed behind. Um, they had asked media to leave. I'll, I'll certainly leave now. Now that the council chamber is empty, we'll leave. Um, but, you know, while you've got this sort of situation here, I, we all sort of said, no, it's yeah. it's not a time to leave the council chamber. Now we will if we're asked to leave. But, okay. um yeah, about let, let 20 me, or so um, people. Let me uh, yeah, let ahead. you do what you've got to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up on something else. Thanks a lot, Jason. That's uh, Jason Chapman, who is a, a, a completely dysfunctional city hall. That, that's what it is. A lot of dramatics, a lot of uh, overreaction, a lot of um, performance, but we'll keep an eye on that. I, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Should I just say, I don't know. We're going to go back to City Hall. We're actually going to talk about a couple of big reports on housing. We will do that in, in just a couple of minutes, and, uh, and we'll keep you updated as far as what is going on and if we ever actually get this budget uh, uh, tabled. Alex Pearson, weekdays at 9. We are 640 Toronto. If you're the joke of the neighborhood, why should you care if you're feeling good? We'll take the long way home. Take the long way home. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about uh, reports coming up because there's a lot of real estate and housing news happening. And we need housing. No question about it. But it's the amount we need and how fast. And according to a new report by Desjardins Securities, Canada's got to build a, a record number of homes. And 
we need to increase our building by at least 50 percent through 2024 because we are we don't have enough housing. We get the announcements. We don't get the housing. And the crisis of this will be met because the Trudeau government's ramping up immigration. We've talked about this, admitting 465,000 new immigrants in 2023, but they plan to bring in 1.45 million over the next three years. Part of that is uh, playing catch up, I guess, on all the backlogs. But the big concern many have is like, where will they live? Where do these people go? We don't have enough of an infrastructure in place. So let us ask a guy who watches this stuff. Matty Simiatiki is director of the Infrastructure Institute and professor of geography and planning at the U of T. Hello, Matty. Hi, Alex. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you. Um, This uh, report coming out today and, you know, nationally, they're saying that we've got to have about at least 100,000 more housing starts on average in 2023. We're not getting those housing starts as quickly as we need them. And so when you see a report like this with the warning, what comes to mind for you? Groundhog Day, (laughs) in a word. We've seen these reports time and time again. Uh, and we know we're in a housing crisis. We know we're way behind on the housing supply. We know that there are issues uh, around affordability, uh, around purpose-built rental, uh, and every new report just reinforces what we already know, which is we are in crisis. Uh, This problem uh, has been building up for many years. Mm -hmm. It has uh, many sources, uh, some within the markets, some uh, within governments and how permitting gets done, some within global factors like supply chains, inflation and interest rates. Uh, But we are now uh, way behind and and trying to play catch up. Yeah, I mean, I just literally read a report um, uh, last week or two weeks ago. You know, the Trudeau government had, you know, announced that they were going to fast track the building of homes. And I mean, there's two or three billion dollars that has been spent, but not one of those homes, which are supposed to be built in under a year, have yet to be built. And so I go back to the point, we get the announcements. What we aren't getting at the federal level right now, anyway, is the follow through. So they can announce all they want, what they're doing, but if they're not actually building the homes, Um, they are bringing us to a real crisis point. We have such a complex and multi-layered system of how housing uh, gets done. The federal government is furthest away from the local level. They Mm -hmm. can make announcements. They control immigration. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that that, uh, has to do with how many people uh, are coming, and that has to do a lot with uh, demand. But they don't set zoning policy, and they don't set the Planning Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning Act is at the provincial level. Zoning policy is more uh, municipal. And in our system, uh, it's generally the private market that builds. And all of those have to come together. And uh, the stars have to align to make these projects work, uh, both from a zoning and permissions perspective, and then also uh, from a financial perspective. And uh, with rising interest rates, it's become much harder to make, make the numbers work, to make the math work. Uh, and so all of these factors are conspiring uh, mm-hmm. that we're falling further behind. And that, that's why you see studies uh, like you saw today that were uh, 50% behind the numbers that we need to be building in this country. Yeah, essentially we have three levels of government and they get in the way of each other. And it's almost like in every area of government, they're now getting into each other's way. Um, and that's why we, we get a lot of uh, delays and slowdowns. But a big part, obviously, and you know this, of, uh, of the building and the housing issue has to be about density in big cities like Toronto. Um, this is something John Tory has made a big part of his, well, now shortened third term, uh, mm-hmm. but his term, like he, he, he's all in on housing. So I think the concern then becomes, who's the next person that takes that chair? What if that's not their priority? 
This is such an important point, Alex. I'm so glad you raised it. And it's raised in the article that and, and the story that we're talking about that uh, we can sprawl outwards, which has been a part of the pattern. And uh, what, what the story talks about is how much cost that entails. Uh, cost for individuals uh, who then will have to have two cars and will have to drive uh, everywhere and costs for society as we have to build out and maintain all of that infrastructure with low densities and low numbers of people. Our cities are some of the least dense in the entire world. And within the existing growth areas, there are huge amounts of spaces to build on. At the federal level, we have lands like at Downsview, uh, where there are hundreds of acres of land uh, that are ready uh, to be uh, developed. Uh, at the provincial level, there are all sorts of uh, different areas in the portlands and elsewhere that can be built. Municipalities own all sorts of lands uh, that could be intensified. And then there's private sector lands like uh, the large uh, shopping malls that could also be intensified. We have large amounts of space that could be intensified. We need to make sure the zoning and the permissions make enable it to go quickly. Uh, and then and then we need to make sure that the market enables to make it go uh, affordably and make the numbers and the math work. And all of that uh, is challenged at the moment. And that's why you're seeing uh, a real backlog in projects. But it's not just the governments that get in the way of it. Um, it's the NIMBYers because we're seeing it already. You mm-hmm. see it with the Metrolinks. You know, it comes down to 12 trees will stand in the way of, of the progress and or, you know, Greenbelt. No one wants any development on that. So there are a lot of we see examples of why we don't get stuff done because even a week delay or two weeks delay, whatever, it, it all untips everything. That's right. And project costs are going up 15 and 20 percent a year. So if you see even a year or two delay, uh, that is really driving up, uh, driving up the cost. So this and we find all sorts of reasons to delay. Some of them are in zoning. Some of them uh, are in going to the land tribunal. Uh, We see uh, needing for additional studies. You need dozens of studies to get uh, uh, projects built Uh, that can take time and add significant costs. So all of this, uh, our system is just gummed up and uh, uh, and it's making it very challenging to move forward and get uh, the number of housing units built that we need. Yeah, well, this housing uh, report, to your point, uh, Maddie, is just one of many because StatsCan came out, uh, you know, in the summer and said, you know, we got millions of people coming to Ontario and we are nowhere near uh, prepared. And so you've got to wonder at some point in the next 10 years, what's the chaos going to look like if we don't actually meet these markers? It will get worse and people will start to leave our big cities. And that's really troubling. Uh, Our big cities are huge engines uh, for the economy. They're places of social inclusion. Uh, They're places of culture. Uh, They're really important to the fabric of our country. And uh, if we don't keep pace, uh, people won't be able to afford to live here. Uh, People who grew up here will have to move. People uh, from abroad will not see them as landing spots uh, and places that they can thrive. Uh, And that will be a huge loss for our cities and a huge loss for our country. And we're at real uh, risk here. One point is that this is not just a Canadian issue. This is happening Mm -hmm. uh, around the world. There's been a real run-up in housing costs uh, globally in big cities. So uh, a lot of different places are facing this, but we need to get on top of this and get really serious about uh, stripping away some of the barriers and uh, bringing affordable housing uh, into the into our cities. Well, I'm afraid I'll be long dead by the time that happens, but none, nonetheless. Uh, Maddie, appreciate your time. Thanks, Alex. Nice being with you. All righty. Maddie uh, Simiatiki uh, joining us. I say that in jest, but uh, kind of. Like for 30 years, I've been wondering, you know, when we get functional uh, traffic in the city of Toronto and uh, that still hasn't happened. So look, I I don't know if we'll get affordable housing in my lifetime or yours, but we need it. And all we get is the headline. That is the reality. We get the headlines. We don't get the building. So that's another issue that we are dealing with on the whole fallout of uh, John Tory is if you don't have someone 
who has housing, housing, housing in mind. And the big reason John Tory could do that was because he, you know, is in a legacy and he could get it built and didn't have to worry about burning bridges or whatever. Well, if we don't have that in the next mayor, we're not going to get it built. They just will not be able to stand up uh, to the NIMBYers.